Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Swedish Winger. It's been a bit of a hiatus for me since uh, I've had plenty to do at work. And also, there hasn't been that much to talk about after the the trade deadline. We've been kind of crap, but that was expected. And as always, everything happens at the same time. And we've had some some good news in terms of um, the Red Wing Swedes are doing well in the SHL playoffs. Uh, rumor is that we signed Pontus Andreasson from uh, Luleå, a guy who has had his breakout season, and I'll talk more about him a little bit later. But I figured I was going to start with the uh, standings in the SHL uh, playoffs. We're into the quarterfinals now, and um, like it stands at the moment, Rögle with uh, Detroit Red Wings' interest in William Wallinder, uh, is playing uh, Oskar Sham. And the standings there is 2-2, since uh, Rögle lost 1-0 today. And just finished is Luleå versus Örebro, where Luleå won, uh, much thanks to uh, new Red Wing Pontes Andreasson. And the standing there is 3-1. Frölunda leads uh, Växjö Lakers with 3-0 in games, having won all three games in overtime. And last but not least, Färjestad leads Skellefteå AIK with 2-1 in games, uh, with the Detroit interests in uh, Iwanson primarily. Going back to uh, Frölunda series uh, versus uh, Växjö Lakers, there's some interesting developments. Uh, I don't know if you read the uh, translated article from Henrik Lehmann, uh, a guy you should follow on Twitter if you care to read up on Frölunda. You can always do Google Translate for their articles. I don't bother translating. But he had an inter interesting interview with uh, Elmer Söderblom where he noticed that he's playing a bit differently. He's passing the puck more rather than uh, just... Um, going for the, as he called it, the YouTube deke until he loses the puck. Which is kind of a... It's noticeable when you watch him. Uh, he's becoming more effective. And also, he's playing the body more. He's finishing checks. And when a guy that size finishes checks on the D, you notice it. And it, it makes the defenseman wary knowing that he's coming bearing down on them so that's an interesting new aspect of elmer's game that he's really he's he's finished check checks before but you can see it now that he's actually really going for it um actually going in to to stress the defenders out a bit i mean just imagine having a six eight guy with 238 pounds just bearing down on you uh, pressing you to the boards. That can't be fun. And so far in the playoffs, Elmer has um, three games played, one goal and two assists. And that is if you compare to his uh, regular season's uh, record, where he played 52 games, had 21 goals and 12 assists. So 
I know the sample size is small, but it also... When you watch him play, you can see why he has two assists rather than two goals and one assist. He's playing a smarter game, a more effective game, and he's well impressive. It's come to a point where Swedish experts and commentators talk about Elmer as a superstar. Also interesting is that um, Theodor Niederbach managed two assists in the last game. He's been hovering around 10 to 14 minutes a game, time on ice, but the last game he only had 9 minutes and 27 seconds and he still managed to get himself two apples, so I reckon that's kind of good. He also plays with a certain speed and uh, aggressiveness that he he really, well he's shown it before, but it's like the playoffs has started and it shows on him as well. And Simon Edvinson, he's been magical as he has been the whole season. He might not show up in the points categories, but his play is absolutely amazing. There's hardly anything to complain about. I know that it looks like he's having a a downward trending period because he's not scoring as much or not putting up the points. But you have to take into regard that he's not playing the power play. And there's been a few games he's played the penalty kill, and I think he's been looking good doing it. But he's like a zero-error guy. He he doesn't do anything really dumb or make huge mistakes. In that regard, I think also Albert Johansson in Färjestad has been... He's been solid, and that's pretty much all you can say. He's solid, he doesn't make many mistakes, but he also doesn't create as much as he did in the start of the season. Um, I think he's playing a rather safe game, but I also think that might be what they're telling him to hone, uh, to be more reliable defensively. He still skates like sublime, um, and uh, and he carries the puck uh, both exiting his own zone and entering the opponent's zone, so... He's doing okay, but he's definitely not putting up the points. I think he's, during the regular season, a half-a-point player, and he hasn't scored any points in the playoffs yet. Someone who has scored his points in the playoffs right now is naturally new guy Pontus Andreasson. He has a hat-trick and a grand total of six goals in four games. And you can add an apple to that as well. During the season, Pontus Andreasson had um, 18 goals and 20 assists for 38 points in 52 games. Which might not sound a lot, considering I mean, the frequency of goal scoring in, uh, in the NHL. But it puts him at, at um, second in Lulio. And it also put him at second in rookie scoring for the SHL. So who is this guy then, Pontus Andreasson? Well, he's a winger for sure. Definitely a winger. I haven't seen him play much center. And he's playing with uh, center Johan Barilund and uh, NHL uh, Edmonton Oilers celebrity penalty shot YouTuber Linus Omark on the wing. Andreasson is not a big guy, 
by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he's uh, 5'10 and 183 pounds. But he's kind of a solid player. When you watch him, he has that low center of gravity, legs wide. He's quick. He's really fast. And he also has a really good technique. He has the, the puck on his stick very well controlled. I would say he's a better player technically than most in the SHL. I knew very little about him. I, I'd seen him play. I heard the shatter about him being uh, talked about for an NHL chance because it's been in, in Swedish hockey media for at least a month that he was uh, being looked at. But where would I place him? What do I think his ceiling might be? Um, I'm unsure. I would say I, I would almost guarantee him as a third-line winger. I'm not sure he might get much higher than that maybe second liner but that would be stretching it a bit for me he's 23 years old he turns 24 in august which also makes me think he'll be the one to take the place of the guys going out or possibly making room for a zadina trade uh, if that were to happen which I'm hoping won't happen, because I hope uh, with a new coach, Philip Sedina can find his game and become the guy that most of us were hoping when they picked him, when he fell in the draft. But I'm thinking more like Giovanni Smith might, might, might not be there next year, or Sam Gagnier might not be there next year. So there's room for um, a Pontus Andreasson. That's what I'm thinking. I think unless he actually kicks the door in during camp, I think he might start in the Grand Rapids. And even with my nationality bias towards Swedes, I think it's going to be hard fitting them all at the same time. I mean, I think Jonathan Berggren will be a Red Wing next year. I think Simon Edvinson is coming. I think Elmer is coming. Uh, and... Um, can they all fit in the big club at the same time, or do you actually need to to season some of them in the Grand Rapids first, just to make sure that they're absolutely, most definitely ready for the big show before you do um, Edmonton or Montreal and throw them in the deep end and see if they float? One thing that was interesting with uh, Pontus Andreas on today in the game... Uh, versus Örebro was that he's kind of an ordinary guy. He's he's not a guy who's just skilled and fast and and kind of uh, shying away from from contact. He was actually looking for it. He got pissed at a guy. He got himself the uh, penalty which led to his breakaway. So that's also an interesting aspect of his game. He's not similar to Matthias Brumia. Uh, who made a short stop in in Detroit, who is now playing in Switzerland and doing really well there, who was more of a Swedish version of Andreas Athanasiou. Another thing that's really interesting with Pontes Andreasson is where he came from. I mean, he started in a, a small club called 
uh, Munkedal and then he went to Kungälv when he was younger and ended up being picked by Frölunda's J20 team. So there's a Frölunda connection there and that's not surprising considering it's the Red Wings, I guess. So he played a full season with Frölunda J20s and the season after he played 44 games scoring 45 points for the J20 Frölunda team. He got into one game with the Frölunda in the 17-18 season and got himself loaned to a team called Hanhals, who plays in Hockeyettan, which is the division below Hockeyallsvenskan, which is the division below SHL. And the season after that, he played in Hanhals and Hockeyettan for the whole season, being a point per play per game there, as he should be, if he were to have any type of hope for a future elite career then he entered the uh, classic Swedish club called Björklöven it means the birch leaves in English they play in Umeå in the far far north of Sweden and there he um, he did okay in Hockeyallsvenskan not anything very super special 21 points in 51 games. Uh, majority of them were assists. And the season after, he was a 31-point player in 52 games. And Lulio picked him up on their radar. And that's where we are at now. He's one of the breakout players in the SHL. And he's on fire in the playoffs. And if the rumors are correct, he's the... He signed with the Detroit Red Wings for the next season at least. And this immediately got me thinking of another former Detroit player called uh, Fabian Brunström. And uh, if you remember him, I'm thinking you just drew in a quick uh, breath and went, Oh no. But that's not where I'm going with this. It's just that the similarities in being in a lower division and... and, uh, marching quickly upwards that's the similarity there's nothing similar with their game Pontus Andreasson is actually mostly crediting his coach in Hockeyallsvenskan and Björklöven for his success saying he actually got him to understand what it meant to be a pro and what it meant to go for like a pro career in ice hockey so basically what we have in in Pontus Andreasson is a Another small player, uh, a mid-sized player, basically. He's kind of a heavy set guy compared to his relative length. He's thick. He has an amazing technique, uh, very skilled with the puck. He can also dish it as well as score it, and he's fast. And then there's always the part of, I mean, adapting to the North American eye surface, the North American game. The physicalities and everything around that, but it's going to be interesting. I think I, I wouldn't call him a project because that implies that he's unfinished. But there will be an adaptation period there that that will be interesting to follow. If he can do that kind of quickly, I think he'll make probably a game or two next year. I think he'll get some time in the NHL in the latter part of the season. 
but I think he's bound for Grand Rapids to start. Another guy I really want to bring up, because I don't think everybody has that much knowledge about him, is uh, Liam Dover Nilsson, who was featured in Max Boltman of The Athletic's uh, amazing article about him. If you haven't read it, you should. Uh, It's well worth the money to pay for it. And knowing The Athletic, there's probably some kind of discount flying around out there. He's a 2021 uh, 5th rounder, 134th overall. In the J20s, he's playing as a centerman. I don't know if he will be. I think it's more likely that he'll be a centerman than Theodor Niedebach. I would think he's more likely to be a winger. But Liam Dower-Nilsson's season in the J20 has been fairly good. He hasn't... He's had some time with the big club in the SHL, but that has been a couple of minutes here and there in 10 different games. He hasn't been able to string up, uh, string together more games with a lot of minutes, so he has zero points in the SHL. But in the um, J20 League, in 34 games, he has 19 goals and 31 assists for 50 points, and he's been looking really good. Um, I think I might have to alter my expectations of him because I figured he he would probably be able to go over um, to the NHL. But I really think we might have something here. And it's so easy as a Swede to just go with the... Uh, the Swedes will all make it to the NHL. But considering the guys that um, the Detroit Red Wings have picked recently... And especially from the Frölunda system, there's some really good players here. And um, barring injuries or stagnation, I think they've done really well. A guy that most of you probably have forgotten about is Albin Grieve. The guy that was touted as a Brad Marchand type uh, antagonizer. Uh, he was called the T-Rex when he was playing with the Swedish junior team because he was on the top of the food chain. Um, I don't know if you all heard that um, that kind of talk around him. He was supposed to play with the Saginaw Spirit and then COVID struck. And he, um, he, he ended up pretty much not having a club. So he played like 11 games, 12 games or something for Grand Rapids. And then he signed with the Finnish Liga team Ilves, where he didn't really fit. I don't think he socially liked it. And then he got injured, and there was a lot of stuff going on. Like He was really having a string of bad luck. And uh, now he has signed with Mura for this season. And that has been going very much better. He started slow, didn't produce much, and then he got injured. And in 32 games, he ended up with uh, 4 goals, 13 assists for 17 points. But I saw a couple of games with him, because I wanted to check out Igor Larionov the second when he signed for Mura, uh, that didn't end well. By the way, he got injured again. I think he made like four or five appearances for Mura until they cancelled 
the contract on mutual basis. But Albin Greve looked kind of good. And uh, considering his age, I mean, he's not old by any uh, stretch of the imagination. He's 21. Um, do I think he'll make it to the NHL? Probably not. But he'll be an interesting follow, just for kicks, I guess. It's kind of fun that he's back on, on the right track, at least. And that is one ordinary hockey player. He doesn't take kindly to anything, really. Anyone pokes him, he goes berserk. Which is probably one of the reasons he racked up uh, 40 penalty minutes in those 32 games in Hockey But I guess with some anger management, he might become more effective. Some of the penalties he's ta he takes is... Um, just because he gets angry after the whistle or someone slashes him and he slashes back and the referee sees the retaliation. That's kind of standard, I guess. But that's pretty much what I have for you for the uh, Swedish outlook on the league uh, from Swedish Hockey League and Allsvenskan and Prospects. But one thing I want to bring up that I thought was kind of funny without being funny, I guess, was the discussion around uh, Trevor Seagrass, Troy Terry, Jay Beagle, and Tyson Nash comments about if you want to skill it up, you have to expect being punched in the mouth. And then he doubled down in some kind of podcast af afterwards where he went, he shouldn't have called it skill it up, but hot dogging up or something like that, which made me laugh. My brain just instantly went with what we got here is failure to communicate. Some men we just can't reach. Because that is definitely the dinosaur take on what was happening on that ice sheet the other day. Trevor Segrist got cross-checked in the back, fell over because he was digging at the goalie. Standard procedure, I guess. Troy Terry... Went in, expecting just another scrum, I guess. Like you do. And then, um, Jay Beagle went confetti gloves and smashed his eye in. And the Department of Player Safety banned him for five games for punching a guy who had no interest in fighting. And that was that. Nah, just kidding. The Department of Player Safety doesn't do th stuff like that. Because they did fuck all. But where I'm going with that is... Isn't it kind of interesting that... Every time something like this happens... Where there's fighters, enforcers, whatever you want to call it... Involved in doing stupid shit... Like punching a guy repeatedly... In the eye... For a perceived slight... The guys who are supposed to make some kind of comment on it, or make some kind of decision on it, are usually parts of the same tribe. Tyson Nash is a guy with more penalty minutes than points, probably more penalty minutes than games played. Same goes for George Paros. They are like a little angry orc tribe, the broken nose tribe, who sets the agenda for what is right, regarding player safety and a guy who punches a guy in the face 
five times, smashing his eye up. I mean, the, we're talking about pure dumbass luck. He didn't break his orbital bone or a cheekbone, putting him out for a season or possibly injuring his eye in a way that would have been permanent. But no, no suspension. That's a disgrace. One has to wonder that when the New York Rangers said they had no faith in the Department of Player Safety under George Paris and they got fined and absolutely fuck all happened, you have to wonder what kind of game the NHL actually wants us to watch. Is it UFC on ice or do we want to watch real ice hockey with skilled players who can do amazing things on their skate with their stick or half-witted baboons that punches guys in the head because they smirked. How fragile are these guys' ego if you think you should punch a guy in the face because they smile at you when they score on you? Fucking play better defense. But there's no surprise really that this happens with the Yotes, by the Yotes, and with commentaries commentarying the Yotes. Because that Muppet show of a franchise, I feel so sorry for their fans. Because that, that franchise is a joke. It's a dumpster fire and it's a disgrace on the league. It's a stain. And it's a stain that's going to play a couple of seasons in front of nobody. That's all I have for today. And uh, until next time. Be sure to leave some comments, ask me questions so I can build like an idea of what I'm uh, talking about for the next time. See you around.